That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson in all black, looking dapper again. I mean, I'm wearing, look, I just got a new shirt. Oh, we got the NIT yeah. shirt. Let's go. NIT champs, North Texas. I like that. Oof. Man, feels good. <laughs> feels good to be a champion. It's like I won. Um, but yeah, how have you been? How We, we took a week off. Kind of. Well, I guess it's off season, so now we should probably start doing it every week. But yeah, um, I was in the two week, uh, two a mo- two a week mode for a long time. So yeah. we texted on Friday. I was like, you know, we can just just do it next week. Just let yeah. all this stuff build up, and now we we got a lot. Yeah, no, I've uh, it's been good. It's been good. It's it's definitely been a little bit of a. It, it I've had to shift over to football mode, you know, for for mm-hmm. our fo- football magazine stuff. Um, so it's kind of hard to go from Final Four to all right. Now let's talk about next fall already. Um, yeah. So that's been kind of challenging. But I mean, it's been an active active transfer season, active uh, coaching. Still, some coaches sorting out their staff. So I haven't really completely unplugged from basketball, which is still kind of nice. I still like that the transfer portal and things like that have kind of made an extended off season or I guess an early start to the off season. Yeah. Um, well, heck I'm over here at LSU and women's basketball is the most popular thing right now. I was about to say, y'all have a certain big official visit coming up. Uh, oh, it already came. It was, yesterday. Oh, it already happened. Haley Van Lith already visited. Haley Van Lith on campus. There were people taking pictures of her. She's like, she's at the law center now. Oh, she's at Mike the Tiger now. It like it's like a star superstars on campus. Everyone's I was about like, to say oh, this God. this era of transfers with NIL mixed in. Like you're gonna because the fact that Angel Reese is like the biggest, most successful athlete in terms of NIL and college yeah. sports right now. LSU becomes like a like if it wasn't already like a destination, just like bank spot where you can just like somebody like Haley Van Lith, who's already pretty successful yeah. in IL wise. She can just skyrocket her name next to Angel Reese and Flaugia Literally, It's a uh, Olivia Dunn is one on the yes, women's. Yeah. Side. Oh, all, that's right. I forgot. Jim, all yes. the women's one. Olivia Dunn. LSU. Yeah. Number two is Angel Reese. And then once SUNY Lee leaves after this, it'll be yeah. Flaugia Johnson third. Wow. And then I think Haley Van Lith was eighth. And so she'll bump up a little bit at some point. Wow. But yeah, she's, and so. is, I think uh um what you call it? I think Suni Lee is is a hurt right now. So like she might you know as far as like active, I think mm-hmm. she had to take this season off or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, as far as like active right now, currently, yeah, yeah that's three of the most successful yeah, NIL right. athletes in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that's a been a, an interesting watch, a point to watch. I mean, mm. I remember before the year when angel reese had 70k followers right and it's just like nothing and then i remember she got that first bump uh when she went viral for saying you know uh when she first said the uh, you know i'm being me and you know i was they called and said i was too hood all that stuff right the first time she said it in like january she went up to like 300k mm. and then it's gone crazy 1.6 million now 1.6 yeah. million Whew. and 
something, something else. Listen, All right. I, I, I'm here for if, if Haley Van Lith commits, right? Yeah. I'm here for them coming out to the NWO music and just embracing <laughs> all the villainy next year. Like they need to go full on. Uh, it's going to be great. It, if they add somebody like her yeah. to, the, to the roster, like that's just going to be all time most Dude. hated by casual fans, which I would love. I love that. Which team. is, which is great. Cause that's what we're, that's what, you know, obviously us as like, you know, media people who talk about women's sure. basketball, but you know, even people that watch it a lot, you know, that is something that you want is you want people to be casuals and tune yeah. in because either they hate someone or they love someone. Like you mm-hmm. just want that type of attention. You, you want to see, hurt. you want to tune in to see if they lose or yeah, to see if they exactly. get it done. You know, exactly. Yeah. You don't just want it to be the, the fans of LSU and the fans right. of South Carolina watching the games. Like you want it to right. be everybody else. So that's an interesting thing of this off season. See if uh, they can close the deal on Haley Van Lith. I forgot yeah. or not forgot, but it was made apparent that mm-hmm. Mulkey really wanted her at Baylor. Yes. That, that, I remember, I think somebody reported that Baylor was number two behind yes, LSU. Baylor was in second. And so I talked to some LSU coach and they're like, that it helps a lot right now. Cause they already know each other. Like they're mm-hmm. just picking back up on it. So it'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. Her see putting in, her putting in the transfer portal transfer request was like a huge seismic shift in the women's basketball <laughs> landscape. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where she goes. Yep. Um, we got a lot of transfers to talk about here. Yeah. Um, uh, if we go way back to, I don't remember when this was, like April 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Jacob Germany commits to Wichita State. We could talk about the players that went out of state first. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Jacob Germany to Wichita State. Quincy Olivari and Abu Usman go to mm-hmm. Xavier. Uh, Sean Miller's doing the Conference USA All-Stars again. <laughs> yeah. We got Davion McKnight. It, it worked last year. <laughs> It worked last year, so now he's got three Conference USA players coming in this year. Um, so those three, and then Tyler Perry uh, narrows it down to Texas Tech, Florida, K-State, and Ole Miss. So those are the four men's players, notable, I think, men's players that are mm-hmm. leaving at this moment. Who do you want to start with? What are, What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, let's start with let's start with Tyler Perry. I mean, yeah. let's let's see. Right now, I know me and you wanted personally would have liked somebody like a Creighton. Um, yeah, just cause, I mean, we can get into it now, but like, I think at least, at least right now it's looking more and more like Texas tech. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that they made the cut, obviously they make sense with Graham McCaslin and he stays in, if he's familiar with the, I don't want to say the area cause it's Lubbock, but like the state, if he wants to stay in the state and he's not from here, but if he wants to stay in the state, um, that obviously makes sense. It gives him another elevated platform. If he wants, has aspirations of doing anything professionally, whether here or overseas, it gives him more showcase. Um, I guess my only thing is, and it's not the fact that we talked about it a little bit. I don't want to say somebody can't do something. So it's not like I'm saying he can't go to the big 12, but I would like, I would prefer to see him with more of a similar, a similar role to what he had at UNT in terms of like let's say he goes to Texas Tech mm-hmm. he may be the primary ball handler there maybe but he could also be the 1B to Pop Isaacs right mm-hmm. uh, who just announced he's coming back um, he could also be the 1B maybe maybe second option to somebody else they bring in who we don't we don't know they're not done in the portal yet I don't know if I want to see him be a bit player if that makes sense um, because I think the pressure if he follows Grant McCaslin at Texas Tech the pressure to literally repeat what he's already done at UNT would be so insanely high, right? He's like, okay, cool. If he, if he follows Grant McCaslin, 
the expectation is you're going to get a first team, all big 12 guard who scores 20 points a game. And, and it's like, that's, you know, who's going to lead them to some type of championship. And it's like, he can't do exactly that. What he did at UNC, mm-hmm. but as opposed to, let's say he goes to a, a K state or a Florida um, where he's probably going to be the primary ball handler. He's not going to have the same pressure in terms of, okay, you're with your same head coach. So therefore repeat the same success and do the exact same thing. He may be in a little bit more freeing of a system at Kansas State offensively that lets him do a little bit more things that we haven't seen before. Um, I guess it's just for me wanting to see something different from his game and not having the pressure of like, okay, now just do the UNT thing again that you did if he goes to Texas Tech. I think more than anything, Texas Tech is in a rebuilding spot, and so that's why they would need him to be what he was in North Texas. And to your point, I don't really want that. Mm -hmm. I want him to step up into a spot where they already have maybe a ball handler. Maybe they already have a guy who can get his own um, and they don't need him to be what he was at North Texas. Like even Mm -hmm. if he came off the bench for 20 to 25 minutes per game, like came off the bench and was just a, you know, three point shooter in that regard. I could do what he did did as a a last year. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. yeah, Like he did the the season before this one. Yeah. Um, I would love him in that role, but if he goes to Texas tech where, it is a rebuild. Uh, they're going to have to pull players from the portal here and there. Like, obviously, you see what Kansas State did, and you're like, oh, you know, maybe that can be Kansas State. Well, Tyler Perry's not Marquise Noel. Right. Like, he's just he's just not. Um, and expecting him to be Marquise Noel is unfair to him and unfair to Texas Tech and Grant McCaslin. So I just want to I, – I think Grant McCaslin understands this situation. He's not going <laughs> to expect Tyler Perry to come in and average 20 points and be all Big 12 first team. So right. if you get Tyler Perry – he can still be a major plus hmm? he just can't be in the same role he was in in North Texas. Right. At least not this past year, two years ago when he came off the bench and was still all conference first team. Cool. Yes. I want him coming off the bench to be a flamethrower, but not someone who has to play 30 minutes a game, defend guys who are bigger than him. And right. it's just, it's a different world in the yeah. big 12, obviously. No, hundred percent. I think, I think, um, which we'll see. Again, it looks like the fact that Tech made the Final Four means that I think he – I mean, they obviously have a legitimate shot. Um, K-State's also in for Max Abemus from yeah. Oral Roberts, who's also probably one of the top three transfers left. So awesome. whether that whether that means K-State's off the board or if they've been recruiting both of them saying, hey, you can both play together, I don't know. Um, I would That wouldn't shock me. Uh, I know Noel handled the ball a ton last year, but that doesn't mean that – I mean, Jerome Tang came from Baylor where they had three ball handlers. So, like, that's not yeah. something he's foreign to, to, yeah. to doing. So, we'll see. His, his, his has definitely been – he may not be the best transfer out there, but he's been the most interesting to me to follow just because it's like, what is he thinking? You know, is he thinking about – does he want a shot at the – I would assume he wants a shot at the NCAA tournament, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but is he thinking about pro prospects? Is he thinking about, you know, how he'll fit in an offense? Things like that. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've been very fascinated to see how his, his visits have gone. Yeah, on three has him as the number twenty transfer uh, in the portal currently. There are now nine hundred. What was the number I said to you? Nine hundred ninety-seven players yeah. in the portal. Twenty-three percent of those, so two hundred thirty-four of those, have committed somewhere. So that leaves seven hundred seventy or so Something that are, yeah. <laughs> that are still uh, still out there. So plenty of yep. of look, uh, plenty of players looking for a home. Um, I think Olivari and Abu at Xavier is an interesting take. I don't think they're going to be as good as Sule Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Abu going to Xavier, though. 
as opposed to an SEC school. Right. I just you look at the centers in the SEC this past year. There were a lot of um I just don't know where Abu would have ranked. Let's just say like if you, yeah. I I did a top 10 of the centers and as Colin Castleton, Oscar Sheboy, Johnny Broom, Kobe Brown, Tolu Smith, Liam Robbins, KJ mm-hmm. Williams, uh, Charles Bediaco, Mikel Mitchell, Julius Marble. Like those are my top 10 centers in the SEC. And then you had Will Baker coming in or you know, Will Baker coming in yeah, for, for LSU. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, I, I like him going to uh, Xavier, not saying the Big East is a bad conference or anything like that, but I think right. the SEC, and I think we see this in the tournaments a lot, just kind of throws together a lot of athleticism in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, something like, you know, Arkansas beat Kansas, you know, because they're more athletic, but then, you know, it goes the other way sometimes. So, yeah, I'm, I like him at Xavier. He he definitely, I don't want to say exposed is a hard hard word because it makes it sound like he's not good. He is a good player, but I think his a lot of his weaknesses and a lot of his still kind of still raw ability on, on offense in particular would have been kind of put to the test, I think, in the SEC yeah. um, where he has, he's not necessarily the biggest or strongest guy every night yeah. as, as he usually was more in uh, more often than not in Conference USA. Yeah. Um, Quincy Olivari, scoring guard, not the same as Suli Boom at all, really, yeah. to me. Um, I think he'll be fine, mm-hmm. but I don't expect him to put up the numbers Suli Boom had. So. Yeah, Suli Boom had like a complete – I mean, he, he was a he was he could fill it up in Conference USA too, but he had like a revelation um, at Xavier. He turned into an, a, a, a much better all-conference player. And, yeah, I don't think he'll be the same, but I like, like you, I like the pickup still. Yeah. Um, and Jacob Germany of Wichita State actually loved this move. Mm-hmm. Love this yes. move. Uh, Wichita State gets Paul Mills. Paul Mills adds Jacob Germany. Everybody who has watched UTSA, which isn't a lot of people, but everybody who's watched knows how good Jacob Germany is. Yeah. And just how either underutilized he was or just the, the situation was not favorable at all. Right. And I really me. think that's a good pickup for Wichita State. No, I, I agree. I think that. The thing that you t- the one thing that Paul Mills does is he can he pushes the ball a lot, mm-hmm. and to have a gifted offensive player like Jacob Germany, I think that's going to give him some interesting things to watch. I'm glad he's going to the AAC, so we'll be able to see yep. you know see him play a lot, um, and be able to see him in a different system because Paul Mills, I think Oral Roberts was pretty consistently one of the higher teams in terms of tempo. Um, I think they were like top 50-ish in tempo. And I want to say, let me see, this year they were ninth in field goal percentage or effective field goal percentage on offense. Uh, they put up a lot of shots. They had they were 12th in two-point percentage. So, you know, I I think having – They were 31st uh, in tempo this year, 13th last year, 41st the year before, 43rd the year before that, yeah. There you go. So, um, of course, Jacob Germany played for theoretically an offensive coach and, and Steve Henson. Um, but he obviously was – counted on way too much to do basically everything for that team so i'm gl- i'm interested to see if his scoring goes up if he doesn't have to worry about you know uh, uh everything else like oh he can his i'm curious what numbers kind of elevate now that he's not asked to be kind of the focal point of, of all of it yeah um but those are the players that are leaving the state tyler perry could obviously go to texas tech which mm-hmm. very well could happen but yep. other than that speaking of texas tech you mm-hmm. mentioned that Pop Isaacs is back. Yes. Oh, we are going to talk about that. And then they add Nevada um, guard or 6'6 wing, uh, Darian Williams, who mm-hmm. is has a pretty high rate on on three's transfer portal. Um, I don't remember where they had him. Uh, let's see where they have him ranked. 45th 
player in the transfer portal on on three, Darian Williams, commits to Texas Tech. Um, started 30 games this past year at Nevada. Only averaged seven and 7.7 points per game, but shot 36% from three, 80% from the free throw line, 7.3 rebounds. So 47 steals, you know, three and D type player off the wing. I'm, yeah. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. No, I definitely see. I mean, I, I think that's a great, that's such a Grant McCaslin pickup. I think mm-hmm. um, he's a guy who I think he averaged what seven and seven, something like that. Yeah. Um, 7.7 and 7.3. Yeah. And so I wonder if he sees kind of a, kind of a, a, a power five version of a Ruben Jones right kind of a thing mm-hmm. um or he's a little bit taller than ruben jones is about six i was gonna say do you remember do you remember james reese oh that's not that's not a bad pull yeah that's I, do remember I was him. thinking of yeah I like I, I can see that where it's like he's a reliable shooter um somebody who who defenses can't leave alone but he is going to be more known for a little bit defense and length um and obviously, as we mentioned, he can be he can rebound the ball as well. So, yeah, no, I like that pickup a lot. And especially if they hold on to him, I mean, that's what three extra years of eligibility. So, um, that's somebody he can kind of mold into being somebody who basically whoever he wants, really. If he's averaging seven and seven in the Mountain West, which is a solid a solid conference, um, you know, he's he can kind of probably develop into low double figure scorer uh, while still keeping that rebounding. All right, and. Uh... To wrap this up, Noah Shelby from McKinney, Texas, mm. transfers from Vanderbilt, spends one year at Vanderbilt, transfers from Vanderbilt to Rice. Mm-hmm. He was a four-star prospect. Uh, some outlets had him as a top 100 prospect. Yep. I'm um, looking at 24-7 right now, had him as a top 20 point guard, number 11 player in Texas, um, six foot three combo guard, six two combo guard. I mean, look if you really want to have a rice discourse at this point, (laughs) like I don't know how much longer the leash is. Sure. But I also don't know how short it is because at the same time, rice feels content to a degree. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'd say that's fair. Um, Part of me wonders like, first of all, on the move, I like this move just because rice isn't, like they're not North Texas, right? Where they can say we yeah. want an NIT, right? And this guy Ross Hodge is coached under Grant McCaslin, and we have a good established program, and blah blah blah. They can't do that and point to that and get probably guys who are like, let's say, like Southland All Conference, and they yeah, want to step up and they want to prove, yeah. you know, things like that. So they got to kind of go with the players who haven't quite worked out and have a lot of potential. Um, Samuel Williamson at SMU is kind of one example of like that type yeah. of guy where it's like big time prospect, didn't work out elsewhere, come back home. Um, so I like the move, but yeah, they're kind of in a, it is kind of a holding pattern. Right. And, and you're kind of wondering like, what are they content being the team that is, you know, you're not going to get worse than 500 with this team, but you're probably not, you're probably not going to approach anywhere close to 25 plus wins. Right. (laughs) Um, and so you're kind of barely scraping the approaching 20 wins. So like, are you content with having an identity, right? Knowing what your brand of basketball is. Are you content with occasionally knocking off a big school every once in a while, or a peer school, I should say, um, but not really having much tournament success and not, you know, and kind of tapping out there, right? It's, it seems like the ceiling for this team every year is like the, the absolute ceiling is like 20 wins, 
as like yeah. if and then but they obviously haven't hit that last year they got to what 19 so yeah i don't know it, it does feel like it does feel a little weird where it's like they're going to a new conference and i don't know if it's a money thing and they you know and they can't afford it like like a utsa um yeah but part of me is also i don't say part of me understands it that's the wrong way to put it i can see where some administrators are like i mean i don't know they're they're at least fun to watch they can get us they're they're competitive and that's it but yeah i, I agree with you it's it's kind of if i'm a rice fan i can understand you being frustrated it's like i don't know what the direction of this program is right now yeah they're gonna be the same thing they were last year it's just hard sure. for me to to get excited about a pickup of a good player clearly from texas yeah. So we should, you know, celebrate that of him coming back home. Mm-hmm. But uh I mean he'll put up points. I'm sure he'll put up ten plus points per game. Yeah. It's just like, all right, what are y'all gonna do in the American when you have to play? Looks at looks at the American, all these games. <laughs> right, right. What are you gonna do here? Like you couldn't even survive in conference USA really. Yeah. Um all right, let's jump to the women's side. All right, did you want to talk big picture on the men's side? Yeah, let's uh, a little bit. So I've seen some chatter i think it came after it started to come after arteria morris announced his his transfer from texas um there's been some chatter online about a little bit of a little bit of shakiness from um primarily texas fans with the lack of transfer portal activity before darian williams it was starting to creep in with tech fans um starting to be like okay where's okay where's where's the first with grant mccaslin um, and so I guess I'm trying to figure out like my, um, the thing we can kind of talk about is like, do you think there's reason for concern, not just with Texas or Ted, but like in general, cause like we were looking at the transfer list before we started recording and there's really not like, you look at Chris Beard's first year, right? His first off season goes, get Marcus Carr, goes, get Trey Mitchell, goes, get, you know, there's a bunch of guys that he goes and gets, um, uh, 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 Mark Adams first year at Texas Tech goes and gets Bryson Williams, right? Uh, Kevin O'Banner. Um, and there's not, at least right now, there's not that level of impact players right now. And one argument could be, well, across the country, you know, Kansas still hasn't gotten anybody either. Um, I'm trying to think. There's some other, there are some other programs that haven't gotten them either. Uh, Arkansas, they're trying to get everybody and they really haven't gotten anybody yet. So, do you think it's has to do with everybody kind of not doing anything, but, or, and this is the second part, which is what I lean towards is I'd be worried because Kansas hasn't gotten anybody yet. And I'd be worried because those programs that typically are for the, for the big transfers, they haven't gotten them yet. So like when they do, who's left after that? Cause like, I wouldn't, if I look at Texas versus Kansas, like, I'd be worried if I'm Texas. It was like, damn, Kansas hasn't even gotten their class yet. We're going to be going after the same players. And if you're mm-hmm. the, if you're, you know, if you're a transfer and you're looking to move, yeah, you're probably looking at Kansas, the team that won a national title a couple years ago. Um, so I don't know that that's just me. I, I think there's reason to be, to be calm, but there's also like, I wouldn't be, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's nothing to be worried about. I think that, People are valid um, to be concerned mm-hmm. in in certain in their situations here. My thing is that it's still fairly early. Sure. Here it is April nineteenth. I looked it up. It is a different time, obviously, but Marcus Carr committed in July. Right. So it's like fair. that's fair. 
I, I just there's there's still if if next month if we're late May mm-hmm. and we still have Texas with nobody on the board, if we still have Texas Tech with only Darian Williams on the board, then I'm gonna start get concerned. I, so I think the concerns are valid, mm-hmm. it's, but I can also admit that it's early. Like Jameer yeah. Nelson Jr. at TCU is a great pickup. Um, obviously Houston to get Cryer in there and to get done in there. So Houston's done its job, right? Mm-hmm. Houston. If we're ranking Texas teams as far as how they've done in the portal right now, Houston's one, TCU's up there, you know. But then after that, like you said, it gets kind of dry. Like Texas right. Tech has one top 50 player, and then you scroll down, and there's really nobody else in the state yeah. that has a high level. Like where's Baylor? Right. Well, that's I was, I was actually going to mention, we, been, we didn't mention one transfer, uh, Jaden Nunn from VCU. Uh, yeah. Baylor picked him up yesterday, I believe. Sophomore, average about just under 10 points. Um, but the reason why I, I, the topic is relevant is because he visited Texas as well. And so he chose Baylor over Texas. And so it was like, if I'm Texas, I do feel kind of concerned where it's like Baylor still has holes to fill, Texas still has holes to fill, Kansas still has holes to fill. All three of those programs are, I mean, obviously Texas mystery with Grant McCaslin, we'll see, but Baylor and Kansas are teams that have had more success than me and so it's like i wouldn't want to be recruiting while those teams need hole, need need to fill holes too um and so yeah i yeah that's that's my thing and especially because transfers are kind of supposed to be rodney terry's thing too mm-hmm. you know yeah. um that's immediately what he did with utep he brought in talent yep. instantly and you know it's it's his issues were kind of maximizing that talent but that's another story it's more but still like we, yeah go ahead We've reached a point in the portal, which it didn't take long. Portal's been mm. around for like three years. Right. Um, all, before I say this point, Dale Bonner to Ohio State from Baylor. Yep, yep, I saw that one too. Yeah, good, good luck to him. Yeah, we've reached a point in the transfer portal in two or three years of having it, um, to where it's no longer about just filling holes; it's about building rosters. Yeah, and that's the difference here. That's what makes teams worry. Because it's it's no longer about just getting two players here that can help you build what you build upon what you already have. It feels like if you're not going out and getting four high level guys, right, you're going to be behind. Right, and it's uh, uh, I should say Quincy Olivari was also a Texas target as well mm-hmm. uh, from Rice. I believe he visited, or at least Rodney Terry talked to him. Um, but you're you're right. Like the rebuild year isn't much of a thing anymore no as far as like the top level right obviously if you're at a mid-major sure yeah you're probably gonna have still mid you know traditional builds even though you can go through the portal but as far as yeah as far as year one power you know we saw with Jerome Tang Kansas State was one of the worst teams in the conference and all of a sudden there's like brings in transfers Keontae Johnson Marquis Noel boom uh, yeah. uh elite eight right so yeah, I mean the 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 idea of the rebuild year, the year zero, whatever, is almost like gone away because people just expect you to flex your muscle and it's like, you know, if you're if you're Arkansas, yeah, you're gonna contact eighty four transfers and be like, we got to build a team, or we're gonna yeah. build a competitive team right now. That that's what it is, and so then it doesn't help for Rodney Terry the fact that Chris Beard did come in and mm-hmm. fill it up, like you. Yeah up got a competitive team year one it wasn't a great team it wasn't a perfect team it had a lot of flaws in it but it was a competitive team year one so now if he steps in and isn't able to do that then it's like all right you know we have questions about mark 
about Rodney Terry. I can only imagine what Texas fans are thinking about Rodney Terry. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm friends with one of them, and he was like, you know, I, I don't love hiring him, but it, you, you kind of have to at that point. I was about to say, they had, they had no choice. Yeah. And so now it's like the oven's already hot for, for Rodney Terry. You got to mm-hmm. you gotta get going. You got to get to work. Yep. Um, and it's kind of unfair because that's not what the portal, I don't think, that's not how coaches want to use the portal for the most right. part. Right. They, want to, they just want to recruit high school kids. They don't want to have to go and recruit. Exactly. They didn't want to have to go and recruit other kids. And now NIL adds a whole nother thing mm-hmm. too, where it's like, you know, if you're at Texas, you're going to have to pitch how not only you can play basketball here, but how you can earn more money than at Kansas, which probably not true. Um, you know, probably you can probably earn more because they're not Kansas is throwing more at basketball than Texas is at basketball. And, and, you know, Texas has to leverage kind of its football uh, booster output as opposed yeah. to, you know, Kansas, which is like, okay, being just competitive in football. And their thing is throwing all the cash at basketball. So yeah. NIL adds a whole nother thing to that too. And yeah, I, I would, let's put it this way. I would not be shocked if, and this is, this wouldn't be an indictment on Rodney Terry, I wouldn't be shocked if Texas rolls out a very, very inexperienced team next year. Like, yeah. I'm talking about like lead scorer Ron Holland type team, right? Like incoming five star freshman Ron Holland. Um, oh, I should say the the other thing that caused this uproar was AJ Johnson decommitted from Texas. Um, their their five star guard, and so everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening with Rodney Terry?" And it was like, I don't know, maybe he just wanted to go to Ignite or wherever he's going. I don't know. It was like a I think he went to Igniter. No, he went over. I think he went overseas. You go NBL? Uh, Is that what it was? was yeah, yeah. He went to Australia. Um, and so it was like, I don't know, maybe just wanted to earn some different money. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't see that as an indictment of Rodney Terry as opposed to, you know, him wanting to play professional ball. Um, but regardless, I would not be – I heard whispers of that, right, where during the season where it was like next year it's probably going to be Ron Holland, like, carrying this team as a, mm-hmm. as a freshman. Um which I wouldn't be shocked. Like I wouldn't like I, it, we said how the transfer portal is not made to the transfer portal has kind of eliminated the rebuild year, but like, I feel like we're going to have like as close as we can get to a rebuild year next year, where it's like, they may just be looking to get to the tournament and that might be good enough for next year's team. Cause Rodney Terry may be coaching, knowing that recruiting and coaching, knowing that he's probably going to be coaching these guys for two or three years, as opposed to like yeah. Arkansas, where it's like, let me just clear out and bring in a new team. Yeah, so that, that that's what makes it challenging um, is because I just don't think – TCU's done a great job, I think. Sure, I mean, we're yeah. talking about Jameer Nelson, but also Travian Tennyson. Mm-hmm. They're in it with uh, Georgetown guard Primo Spears. So, you know, they – but that's also a team that has a f- identity, has a yeah. coach that's been there, has returners that will be there. Like, that's the ideal situation where you have a base – and mm-hmm. you can add three players like Travian Tennyson, like Jameer Nelson Jr., and you go from there. Like, that's the ideal spot. You don't want to be in a spot where Texas and Texas Tech are where you're having to reload that much. Yep. Baylor's um, an interesting spot as well because you they lose a lot. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, how do they rebuild? Because it's for a long time, it was not transfers. Right. And now they're going to have to figure it out how they balance it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, one little bit of transfer. Uh, Shahada Wells put out his top four. Uh, he's leaving TCU. Uh, North Texas, New Mexico State, McNeese State, and Clemson is actually an interesting one on there. Um, so he put that out two hours ago. So obviously a guy who hadn't clicked at TCU but was a really good player at UTA. Um, I don't know. Does he want to do the DFW three-step and just go to UNT? No, <laughs> he, I, I was going to say McNeese. Fire oh, just go to Yeah, just go. Why not? Just go. Just send them to your boy Will Wade. Um, 
but yeah, you know, he's somebody who battled injury and stuff, and I hope he's able to bounce back. Um, you know, it sucks that he probably feels the need to kind of go down a level after taking a risk and going up, but uh, still a gifted player. So I hope he lands somewhere soon and somewhere um, somewhere that'll let him kind of maximize his talent. North Texas would be interesting. That would be. They, I mean, they they need a primary ball handler now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, North Texas or McNeese, and I'm happy. There you go. All right, let's jump to the women's side of the, of the ball. Yeah. Um, Kendall Hunter. Yes. Is the headliner. Kendall Hunter is the headliner. Uh, we have Kendall Hunter going from Texas to Texas A&M. The, 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 the dirty deed. <laughs> she did. Uh, she did. She did it. Um, <laughs> we, we don't know. We still don't have clarification on what exactly happened with her last year. I was told right. it was an injury. Um, so hope everything's okay. Hope everything's worked out there. Mm-hmm. But she now moves on to Texas A&M, and I love the addition for Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. Janiah Barker's already there. Cindy Bowles already there. You add Kendall Hunter there. You at least now have some experienced mm-hmm. firepower to go with. I want another experienced guard on that team. Yes. I want an experienced post on that team to add to Janiah Barker because this is the year where if you can add another experienced guard and experienced post, mm-hmm. you can go into this SEC, which is a pretty top-heavy SEC. This past yeah. year it was, at least, where you have South Carolina, LSU, and Tennessee. Everybody else... Like well, I would probably throw Ole Miss up there as well. Ole Miss is really good, but like everybody else, there's no reason A&M shouldn't be in the top half of the conference this year if they get the needs out of their portal. Yeah, no, I I saw this and I loved it. Um, like you mentioned, we don't know exactly what what happened with her at Texas. I, I from what I could gather, it was more of a fit disagreement, mm-hmm. right? Her she just didn't fit what Vic Schaefer wanted or needed. Um, She's not the best defender, and obviously you got to be able to play some good defense. And I think her – I don't know if her offensive game didn't develop or didn't – what just wasn't a fit, put it that way. Um, she's a gifted player who can shoot, man. She – I remember – we remember her uh, when she – was it like six, seven threes in one game early yep. as a freshman? As a freshman. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of excited to see her because it's like, okay, her and Rory Harmon had that chemistry playing at side creek together and so you're like cool this is going to be a backcourt that's going to grow together and and obviously it didn't happen but this is the perfect type of addition for anna because i don't know man they didn't shoot they couldn't shoot at all last year man like, shooting six times a game and making two hopefully they were so bad from beyond yeah. the i think let me see let me see if i can find their season stats for shooting yeah and when you look um, it up see how many of them sydney bulls shot because 29 percent from three and let's see, Sydney. Okay, so they shot 480, which is more than I thought. Uh, and Sydney Bulls was 180 of them. <laughs> um, I told you what did I say? Yes, 120 like more than Sahara Jones, who was there, who was second with 60. Um, I'm not offense last year. Yeah, it was Sydney yeah. Bulls took threes. And by the way, Sydney Bulls shot 28. So it's not like she was shooting them well. She was um, chucking it though. Yeah, just keep just keep chucking it. But like that's the, I'm I'm excited because like she should have the ultimate green light. Like. I mean, she's somebody who is going to come in, and I should say they're also bringing in Kylie Marshall, who's probably the best Texas recruit um, this year for the for girls basketball. So they're bringing her in in the backcourt as well. Um, I think this is a need fit and a talent fit. We talked about this isn't the same thing exactly, but like we talked about with Rice picking up transfers that maybe didn't work out elsewhere, but are still obviously really gifted. I think AM is not necessarily that in that situation, but they're able to get a prospect like this, right? I thought I was worried that she would have to go down and maybe group of five or something. Um, but the fact that Joni Taylor was like, no, nah, we'll take a risk on her. And 
I think it's going to pay off because, like you mentioned, Aaliyah Patty, I mean, or, or last year, Aaliyah Patty, um, going forward, um, Janiah Barker, I should say. Janiah Barker, yeah. Like these two is your tent poles. And then, you know, if just the other players just kind of getting reps, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a fantastic pickup. Um, nobody, I want to say, nobody that shot over 53s for this team shot better than 33%. <laughs> um, everybody, like I mentioned Sydney Bowles percentage. Everybody else was like 32, 31, 20. Um, so this is somebody who can come in and just be, she can handle the ball a little bit, right? She's not a true point guard. She's more of an off guard, but um i think this is going to be somebody who's going to play a huge difference right away so yeah. yeah i this was the one that like really got me to like okay let's go yeah you summed up well summed up well i'm excited for that um utep i've written down utep loses everyone <laughs> that's what i wrote down uh yeah i mean that's yeah naya boyd went to houston um casey Jackson, Jackson went went somewhere or she's going somewhere the portal yeah and then yeah. uh, Alina Enrique also entered the portal. So that's three double-digit scorers. Yeah, entered the portal for for UTEP. Uh, Nia Boyd to Houston. We love Houston here on this podcast. Yep. So uh, we love last year's Houston team, I should say. Um, so we'll see how she does there. I will say, I mean, um, uh, uh, it's it's kind of hard for um, oh god, after the head coach leaves, right? Kevin Baker leaves, mm-hmm. and so it's like. Okay, yeah. this is, you know, this is, this is kind of a weird situation. Uh, Keith Adams, I believe, is the new head coach, and it's just kind of a – I don't know. It, I don't want to say it feels like an underwhelming appointment, but, like, it's always weird when you go back to an old head coach, right? Keith Adams was there in the early 2000s. She went to Wichita State after a while, and, and to me it's always kind of like it, – it, it sounds desperate a little bit. When you kind of go back to it, like it'd be like it'd be like UNT's, like if they didn't hire Eric Morris saying, Daryl Dickey, could you come back? You know, like you you worked once before 20 years yeah. ago. So we're gonna bring you back and we're gonna, you know, we want to bring back the glory days. If it, it feels it feels a bit desperate to me. Um, nothing against Keith Adams. I believe Wichita State was like fine. I don't know. Yeah. They they were never really great um uh, and under her, but it just feels like them just like we lost our head coach. We need somebody you come back in. Um, <laughs> so we have yeah, on the roll of decks. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's an indictment of her necessarily. If she looked at the roster and said, yeah, you can all leave um, or what, but yeah, that was kind of an underwhelming appointment uh, in my yeah. opinion. I avoid to Houston and then T.R. Young goes from Houston to SMU. Yep. SMU also adds my Chandler 10, uh, 11 points per game from, Loyola Chicago, so SMU reloads a little bit. Still waiting for SMU to be good. Yeah, yeah, it's or kind of in like, a. I, that's not fair. Last year they were good. They were good. Yeah, they're, but then next, that next step is like at some point. Yeah, as the the further you get away from that twenty twenty one weird twenty, yeah, you know the season where they cut exactly. basically ninety percent of their games. The further you get from that, the less of an excuse you have, or to basically give them, you know, give them slack. Um, you kind of wait for them to take that next step, which I think Toya Wilson's a good coach. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of this is going to be an interesting year for them in that regard for sure. Um, yeah. Houston also picked up Peyton McFarlane from Utah as well. Um, that was another transfer, I believe. I don't know if she averaged. Let me see. It wasn't a she wasn't a world beater necessarily, but just another body. Yeah, just like a uh, just under a point a game. Um, just another body, six uh, four forward coming from the Pac twelve. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. They needed they need to add people because obviously T.R. Young was a big contributor for them. Um, yeah. Going to the Big Twelve is going to be obviously a task in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned it. Uh, speaking of the Big Twelve, West Virginia and uh, <sighs> Clark Kellogg is they're adding they're they're becoming Marco. SFA East. <laughs> yeah, SFA East. Uh, Zion Nugent and Jordan Harrison. Both averaged twelve point per game last year. Head to West Virginia. Avery Brittingham is in the portal. She has not committed to West Virginia yet, as far as I know. Um, wouldn't be surprised at all. She ended up there. Right. Um, pretty good start for West Virginia there to get those two under their belt and kind of build from there. Because you add like, if you add the core of that SFA team with mm-hmm. a couple of Big Twelve athletes, I think you're 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 in a pretty good spot there. Yeah. They also added uh, adding more to the. Um, uh adding more to the sfa-ness of it all uh they hired kayla scott who was at sfa went to arizona to be their uh director of ops and now she's back at west virginia um as their director of basketball ops so yeah they're just like importing every i mean granted this is one of the best teams in you know in the country uh, at the mid-major level so it was like yeah why not just give them all bigger budgets and let them do their thing yep. um i don't know if anybody any other assistants followed him um I think, oh, actually, uh, Jessica Grayson did, who was, I believe, his associate head coach for a little bit before she left. So, um, yeah, that that's something. Um, I will say Leonard Bishop was promoted from within at SFA. Um, he was in the associate head coach there. So I think some some of the staff stayed behind with him. Um, he'll be kind of in charge of rebuilding that program in, in his image now. Um, I forgot when he got there. I think it was, let me see, it's almost 10 years as an associate, so um so yeah i mean we're gonna kind of become tangential west virginia fans <laughs> i'm already a west virginia fan <laughs> there you go there you go i'm already a west virginia fan because of ren baker so uh that's, uh, that's a good point that's a good point so i'm i am a huge i think huge he listens to the show because he's he's he just he's hired clark kellogg and clark kellogg's just bringing over the whole team it's like if they get Avery Brittingham, it's like all right we gotta yeah we got something here <laughs> we got it um Speaking of coaching changes, the only thing I could think of is obviously as I wear the shirt, North Texas hired Phil Forte yep. as an assistant coach. Ross Hodge mm-hmm. got his first assistant. And that was a pretty good hire. Really good hire. I love it. I love it. Dallas native, obviously mm-hmm. great college legend pretty much for the most part, especially at Oklahoma State. So that'll be interesting. Um, but that's the first hire there. And yeah, I think that's it. Anything else before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, no, that's basically it. I mean, I feel like we're going to be the next, the next couple weeks, I feel like we're going to be pretty, pretty busy with more transfer activity, just because I think once the bigger dominoes fall, um, and by bigger dominoes, I mean, like, you know, Hunter Dickinson and all those, like those type of guys, Mm -hmm. because I think Dickinson's considering Kansas and North Carolina right now. Um, I think so many teams are in holding patterns, figuring what those guys are going to do. And then the domino effect's going to hit. Um, cause obviously you either got to move on or build around those guys you get things like that. So I think the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty big. Um, Max Amos, of course, I mentioned with Oral Roberts, considering Kansas state and Texas, whatever, whatever he decides to do, it's going to either move some teams, some players up and down lists. So yeah. I think once those, those couple, those like top five guys pick where they're going to go, we're going to see some pretty big, uh, pretty big situations, um, yeah. or big, pretty big circumstances change. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just keep that kind of on the back burner. Yep. And, um, I'm excited. We'll see. We're yeah. also going to, we, we got to figure out what the schedule will be when we try to start getting coaches on. I thought to me, 
Um, I thought about trying trying once the portal kind of cooled down a bit, so that yeah. we know what their teams are. Sure, and we sure. can start talking to them about the teams more so because yeah. there's just so much indecision. So it's like you know, if we had Grant McCaskill on, what the hell what would we talk about? Like, right, oh, right, oh. right. Hey, you yeah. gonna go get so and so? You gonna go get so and so? Yeah, so Pop Isaacs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Pop. Like, I'm just picturing Pop Isaacs like shooting in the gym by himself, just like <laughs> 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 practices just Pop Isaacs. <laughs> It's just him with Grant rebounding for him, and <laughs> like he, like he hasn't hired two assistants from North Texas anyway. Like know, he's just, it's just him out there, just like. It's just... <laughs> oh Lord. Um. Uh. All right. Speaking of which, it's funny because the Tyler Perry situation is is Texas Tech against Kansas State. Kansas State Dream Dowling, North Texas assistant. Oh man, that's a good point. Texas Tech. Yeah, I texted it. <laughs> Reem's hilarious. So they, they, they're. Yeah. Who's gonna get them? And then Florida and Ole Miss. We're, just don't go to Ole Miss. That's all we ask. Listen, I, that's I, all we ask. I'm not gonna get into what exactly I texted you, but don't, I, go to don't, Ole Miss. don't, don't need that. Please, don't, please, don't Tyler. do it. Please, don't Tyler. Do it. Please, Tyler. <laughs> um. All right, that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, uh, leave us a five star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. Uh, leave us a like, comment, share, and subscribe. Uh, for, check this out on YouTube or on Twitter, uh, DCT Basketball at Matthew Bruni underscore and at Ishmael R Johnson. That's where we tweet about the playoffs and the Suns and uh, all that. Good <laughs> hey, stuff. serious tie, baby. Serious tie. Y- y'all got one at home. Good job. Got one at home. Good job. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we'll be back next week for more portal news. So uh, stay tuned, and we will talk to y'all then.